Ladies and gentlemen. What are you doing? What do you mean? I'm making Just keep our, it simple. Uh, I'm making the promo. Just keep it simple. Just say, hey, we're the Brav Bros. Two guys that talk about Bravo. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're the Brav Bros. No. Oh. Dude, stop with the voice. Just the vo- keep it simple. I've seen promos on TV, dude. This is how you get the fans engaged. This is how you get listeners. We're trying to get listeners here. If we just say, oh, we're two dudes that talk about Bravo, people are going to get tired of it already. We need some oomph. All right, then fine. Let's try to do it with your voice. Bravo, bros. Good job. Hi, everybody. This is Betsy Wurzel, host of Chatting with Betsy on Passionate World Talk Radio. Jeannie White is a producer, writes the blog. And I highly suggest you read the blog because there's going to be information on how you can contact the guest and where to buy the books. Before I bring my guest on, I just want to say you're going to want to listen to this podcast. These books are timely. We're dealing with COVID, a lot of loss, a lot of grieving, a lot of negativity. We need to be grateful and show gratitude. There's always something to be grateful for. And no, I'm not a Pollyanna by any means. Ask my mother. (laughs) I was always negative. But I started to learn to be grateful, and it changed my life. I want to introduce my guest, who I met on Facebook, and I saw her books, and I just had to contact her, and I'm so glad I did, because she was very inspirational. This woman, if she can say she's grateful, anybody can say they're grateful. You know, here on Chatting with Betsy, I talk about grieving, I talk about the taboo. I'm blowing the lid off of grieving. Let's talk about it. Stop hiding it underneath the rug. And bring it out, and let's all talk about it. Because you know what? If everyone that's alive, we're going to die. That's a fact. So let's talk about the grieving instead of stifling it and suppressing it. And I want to welcome my guest, Kanisha Nichelle. Hi, Kanisha. Hello. Hi, Betsy. How are you today? I am good. I'm good. I'm blessed to be on this side. How are you? I'm doing great, thanks. I didn't say the name of your books because I want you to discuss what each book is. But can you please give the audience your background? Because your background, when I talked to you, I felt such a connection because you're just so inspiring. And I want you to tell the audience the loss that you suffered and you, you lost both your parents at, at a young age. And I'd like you to share that with the audience. Sure. Sure. No problem. So um, right now today I'm 34 and at the age of 12, I lost my father to a brain aneurysm and it was hard. It was difficult. I was a daddy's girl growing up. Um, mind you, I'm also an only child. So to lose my father um, was extremely devastating to me. Fast forward, at the age of 21, um, my mother was diagnosed with breast cancer, and after a three-year battle, she passed away. And so here I was at the age of 21, um, a college student, and declared an orphan because I no longer had my parents with me. And so it, it has not been an easy journey the last 13 years. 
Um, but when I reached year 10, which was 2017, now I just I, I had a overwhelming feeling that life had to be a little different. Um, you know, and, and if you've experienced a, a major loss, you know, you know when anniversaries and holidays and things come around, um, you can find yourself falling, falling into a depressive state. And so at the 10-year mark, um, when the calendar turned July, you know, I just was in a space where I wanted to do something different. Um, I didn't want my mom's anniversary to come around, which is uh, July 13th, to where I was doing the same thing over and over again. And so, you know, I got very, very comfortable and, and, and crystal clear and asked God, I said, you know, why did you allow me to go through this? You know, why did you take my parents from me at 21? I haven't experienced much of life. Um, you know, hadn't graduated college, married, kids. I hadn't done anything. And so I just wanted to know why. And I felt that he told me clear as day that I put you through this early enough so that you would be in the position to help others. I did not know that this pandemic would come around the corner and would lead me to uh, this space where I am actually um, have overcome the grief and now in a position to talk about it openly, openly and honestly. Um, but I, I do feel that he put me through it way back then to prepare me for now. And so in this moment, um, in the midst of this pandemic and COVID-19 and all the lives that have been lost, you know, I just felt like, okay, what can I do with my testimony of coming through the season that are so many people are going through right now? And, um, you know, the one thing that I wanted to do is I know I wanted to be a speaker and I know that I want to, you know, get on the stage or in this virtual world, uh, get behind the camera and, you know, just, you know, share my journey. But what is something tangible that people can start using now to help them with the healing process? You know, it's not something that happens overnight. It definitely takes time, but there needs to be a starting point. And so just reflecting back on the things that I use, the resources and the tools, um, one major component being art therapy, I decided, okay, well, why don't I create an um, affirmation coloring book plus a journal combo um, that would help start the healing process. And so for anyone that is grieving, um, that book is Mending Broken Pieces, Coloring Affirmations and Journaling for Healing Through Grief. And so the book contains affirmations where you can um, just color and, and make the pictures pretty and, you know, just recite those affirmations to yourself, help them to get down into your subconscious mind that even though you may not be feeling these things right now, um, the fact that you are reciting them and repeating them is going to help take root into your life. And then journal prompts, um, it will help you with unpacking and, and releasing those feelings and emotions that you're holding deep inside. Because I'm sure there's other people like myself that's you know, sometimes difficult talking about the things that you're going through and how you're feeling, especially if you're that quote-unquote strong friend. And so you need a way to release all of that stuff that you're holding inside. So putting pen to paper and, and just letting the pen write and you just get out every single thought and feeling um, is, is, is to help you start the process, not, not necessarily the, the end-all, be-all, but a way to get started with your healing journey. And so I have that book and then, if you're not grieving, you know, if you haven't experienced a traumatic loss, but, you know, you still understand the power of affirmations and being grateful and thankful for the good things that you've had in your life and you want to manifest more, then there's a second book, I Choose Me, 
an affirmation coloring book and gratitude journal that will help. And so it's, it's along the same concept, but, you know, the affirmations have changed and the prompts have changed where it's more towards being thankful and grateful for what you have so you can manifest more. That is great. I, I, I just love it. Kanisha, for people who don't know, what is an affirmation and why is it important to have them? So affirmations are short sentences that you can recite and repeat over and over. More times than not, they are I am statements. So, you know, I am wonderful. I am blessed. I am happy and healthy. You know, repeating these out into the universe is making a bold declaration that, like I said, even though you may not feel these things, these are the things that you want to call forth into your life. Um, Today I choose joy. I have a bright and prosperous future. You know, saying those things, even if it's hard to see, you know, if you're in a, a rough situation right now or if things are not going the way that you want them to go, then you are changing the, tra- the trajectory of your life and the things that you want to see by simply calling forth those things. Um, even the Bible says it's, it's to call forth the things that are not as though they were. So even though you may not you know, have the, the money that you want or, you know, the healing may not have taken place in your life just yet. Just training your mind to believe that it can happen can absolutely do wonders and to allow those things to manifest in your life. Absolutely. I agree. When I, just a couple of years ago, I would think that that's all a bunch of uh, baloney. <laughs> Until I went to a summit, <laughs> I did. I thought people were nuts. But when I went to a summit, and I've been pessimistic all my life. That's why I went. If people yeah. think I'm a Pollyanna, that's really funny because I'm not. I was pessimistic all my life until two years ago when I attended a summit. And then I decided I'm going to be grateful. I'm going to flip my beliefs. I'm going to start doing affirmations. It's something I have to work on every day and this would be I choose me book you know to gratitude mm-hmm. there's always something to be grateful for and I told caregivers you can't control your situation no matter who you're caregiving for right. or if you know if your loved one has even if they don't have dementia if they had a stroke or if they have cancer something else you can't control that but you can't control how you respond bond to the situation and this is is. what people had had to realize and I know I had to realize that I really did I mean it took a long time for life to go on (laughs) but yeah um, that's what they say it's not what happens to you it's how you respond Mm -hmm. yes and I think it was Dr. Dyer that said something to the effect of when you look at things differently uh, things change, something to that effect. I forgot the exact quote. And it's true. And is it easy to be grateful when everything is falling apart around you? No. But I always say you have to not. thank God, you know, for the the small things or whoever, um, you know, people choose to believe in. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, and, you definitely have to. You know, Mm-hmm. Definitely. Can you show me? Excuse me. I want to ask you a question because people 
don't understand if, unless they've gone through it. You lost your father suddenly. And you knew your mom, you know, had cancer, so you kind of, you know, expected that. And I know they both are not good. And yeah. you were younger when you lost your dad. But the sudden, I tell people, when someone loses someone suddenly, they have to deal with that trauma, the shock. And then I think it's worse when it's a sudden death. How do you feel about that? Because you experienced both. Um, I would agree. So when my father had an aneurysm, um, it was on a Wednesday. Um, he was a police officer, and so he was in the middle of uh, annual training. And so he was at this training class and literally just collapsed in the middle of lunch um, on a Wednesday um, and was pronounced brain dead and passed away on Saturday. So I had no time really to even understand what was going on. I mean, I'm a child, so I had no idea what was going on. Um, and, it, you know, even though my parents were divorced, I, I chose to live with my father. So after, you know, he passed away, I'm coming back to a house that's completely empty. And so it was hard. Um, that was actually mm-hmm. the very first time that I – attempted suicide. I thought that, you know, my, my daddy was my world. That's my king. That's my, you know, my everything. And, um, I just didn't feel like I could go on with life without my father not being here. And so it, it puts, it puts you in a really, really, really bad place. You know, um, just trying to call back, recall back to that time. I do know that I attended children's, um, grief counseling. And that's actually the first place where I started with art therapy because they do that more so with children. Um, you know, so you can try to process those thoughts and feelings, but it was it was completely a shock. I mean, shock to everyone, but to myself in particular, because it's literally he was here one day and he was gone the next. Yes, uh, you don't have that closure of saying goodbye and saying I, I love you, and as a young twelve-year-old, that's I mean, it's hard for an adult to deal with. But as a 12-year-old, that's very young, and I know children lose their parents, you know, at any age. Were you allowed to, to grieve and show your feelings, or did you um, have to suppress it because people didn't want to talk about it? Because that seems to be a really huge problem, I'm finding, with grieving. Um, I was told to suppress it, and I do believe that's probably why um, I chose for whatever reason, and, you know, I can chuckle about it now, but it's the reason why I chose to get a butter knife to um, try to slip my wrist, you know, is because I really couldn't talk about it. Um, You know, my grandparents, my father's parents, you know, they were still living, and they had their own process, but I was literally made to go back to school um, the following week. Like I said, he passed away on a Saturday. Um, I went back to school with the exception of the day of the funeral, which was a weekday. Um, so I missed that, but I was thrown right back into life, if you will, as if, you know, nothing had really happened. And so, you know, I'm a, I'm a kid. I'm trying to talk to my friends, and they have no clue what this is about. Um, but, you know, even a couple of my friends came to the wake into the funeral to support, but 
they didn't really know what they could do because they had never experienced this before. So I do believe it wasn't until um, I began to act out that my family was like, okay, something's not right. I think Kanisha is struggling with this, and perhaps we should, you know, get her to talk to somebody. And so it wasn't until I tried to flip my wrist. I think my stepmother found the knife in my room and, you know, began asking questions. And then that's when I started to go to therapy. But before then, not really. I, I do remember going back to school as if, well, you know, your dad's gone, but life goes on, as that was the attitude. Yes. Yes, that is the attitude, Kanisha, and it has to stop. And I, yeah. I'm doing a show, actually, on Saturdays with uh, the CEO, Lillian Caldwell, of Pastoral Talk Radio, about grieving. And grieving is, is messy. It's not, a, like I said, it's not neat, and you put it in a box, and it goes on a shelf. <laughs> yes, but, right. you know, it goes on. Uh, yes, we know life goes on. Life is different, but it goes, but it does go on. And mm-hmm. I tell people, Kanisha, I'm sure you probably feel the same way. When you stifle your grief, when you're not allowed to talk about it, when you won't acknowledge those feelings, it's only going to come back and bite you in the butt. Oh, and sure. it could cause, you know, people to have uh, mental breakdowns. And well, this is another stigma. It be a whole other show. The stigma of mental health issues has to stop. People, I want to tell listeners, it's okay to go for help. If you're a man, woman, or child, you, if you need help, go for help. There is no shame. This has to stop. And if I had to come on here Every time I do a show and say that, I will because it, it has to stop. I know myself, I am going for grief counseling now. And you have two books about journaling. And one of the things, I went to a grief seminar and they gave us a little journal. And they said, you know, you should journal. Also, in the bereavement group of the hospice, they also said about journaling, but that was canceled due to the pandemic. And if you can't, you know, afford, I just want to make this very um, clear to the viewers. And I don't know if this, you know, is in like outside the U.S. because I don't know. In the U.S., I think in every town, we call it towns in New Jersey, uh, whatever it's called where you all live, <laughs> go to your senior center. You know, if you are 60 and above, and maybe they even do it at 55, I don't know. It depends, I guess, on your town or your state. Call your senior center and ask if they get free counseling. My, mine does. I found that out because I can't afford $90 a week for mental health counseling mm-hmm. with my insurance. And go for the help. Some places offer a sliding scale fee based on what your income is. But go for help. Don't suffer alone. Get a book that Kanisha wrote and published and do coloring, do journaling, and it, it can help you. And start doing affirmations. Flip your beliefs. If you don't think you're worthy, flip it around. Say, I am worthy. I am good enough. I'm not the right 
I got to tell myself that every day. <laughs> it's, it's a battle. It, it, it is a battle. And I, I just love what you, what you did. And I, I love your, your honesty. And I, I tell people, I mean, you were young. You know, your parents didn't have dementia. But children, I know, who see their parents suffer with any type of dementia, I call them the hidden casualties of dementia. And if you're a child or you have children, no matter what the disease is, and they see their parent dying, and let's just yeah. be very blunt here, it hurts them. And I think they should let their children vent. Were you able to vent, Kanisha, with your mom? Um, do, did you have anyone to go to? Um, when my father passed, not necessarily. Um, in all honesty, you know, my, my mother and I's relationship was a little bit strained. Um, when my father passed away, like I said, I, I lived with my dad. When they got a divorce, I chose to live with him. So, you know, there was a little bit of strain there. But in the end, I ended up, um, you know, moving with my mother and living with her um, until I left for college. And so um, just remembering back to that time, I didn't really have a whole lot of people to talk to. And that's what I said. That, that again, is the reason why I began to act out, as most children will do, when you don't have a safe place to uh, be yourself and just to talk and release and say whatever you want without judgment then you begin to act out. So that's, I mean, think about it. You're holding toxicity within, a, within, your, within yourself. You know, if you don't have a way to release that, then you're going to, your behavior changes. You're going to start lashing out at people. You know, if you don't get your way or you don't get something that you want, you know, then you have an attitude. Um, so all of it shows up in different ways. So, it's, it, I mean, it's imperative that if you're not going to, um, have a safe space to talk about it and then you at least need to have a journal or something that you can write it down and then get it out because it's going to manifest in your life in other ways. Um, I know I developed ulcers because I was holding in stress and I wasn't talking about things and releasing things. Um, so all of that, you know, you can have the mental part of it or the physical ramifications of not being able to release the things that you're feeling and holding inside. Absolutely. Thank you for saying that, Kanisha, and being honest, because the stress of holding in grief and your feelings will cause mental and physical changes. And it happens all the time. And this is why I say over and over again, parents, let your children vent to you. Do not judge your children. Let them vent to you because, you know what, if they don't vent to you, guess who they're going to go to? <laughs> they're going to go out to the street, and you don't want them mm -hmm. to do that. They could take drugs. Yep. They could get involved in, in gangs and do things that you don't want them to be doing. You don't want to cut that line of communication off. Absolutely. And, I, you know, I, I can't um, say that enough. I really can't. It's yep. very, very important. Did anyone tell you, Kanisha, to be strong in, during the course of this? <laughs> of course. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, oh, gosh. Um, now, this I can recall more with regards to my mother. 
Um, so, of course, you know, when she passed, uh, my grandmother, who, you know, she's still living, so my mom's mom, you know, she was obviously having a tough time. And so, um, you know, my mom obviously wasn't prepared to leave. So, you know, none of her final arrangements or anything like that was done ahead of time. So, you know, it was on us to go to the funeral home and, and process um, paperwork and get insurance and all the business that comes with, um, you know, when a loved one passes away. So, of course, I'm trying to hold it together, but let's not be mistaken that I just, you know, lost my mother and I was there at her bedside. So, you know, that has its own piece of um, trauma to it. You know, I, I chose to be there because I, I had a, a a feeling, you know, you could say maybe the Holy Spirit told me, but I knew the night of, so I chose to be there. But there's also a sense of trauma that comes with that when you are there at, at your loved one's bedside as they transition. So all of that together was a lot. And then, you know, of course, family's like, well, you got to be strong for your grandmother. you got to be strong. And I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. that was my mother. What are you talking about? So, yeah, I, I got told all of that, you know, and I, I still hear it to this day, and it's quite frankly annoying. But, um, you know, oh, my gosh, I, I, oh, I, if I were you, I wouldn't have been able to do it. I'm like, well, I didn't have a choice. Please don't think I signed up for this. Like, I did not <laughs> volunteer to have this happen to me. So, um, but, you know, you just, you, you figure it out and you, you keep pushing. You do what you have to do to make the best of it. I obviously know that my life could have went a completely different route, um, but I am thankful that, Above all, you know, even though we talk about counseling and therapy that, you know, my life has been rooted in faith. And so when it boils down to it, you know, I was able to come back to that place. Was I there in the beginning? No. I didn't want to hear anything about that. I didn't care that she was going to be with God. She's supposed to be here with me. So, I, you know, you go through all of that. But at the end of the day, whatever your foundation is, you know, that's the point and the piece that's going to help you to navigate and to figure out this thing called life, um, even in their absence. Yes. I found it very annoying also when people would tell me to be strong or tell my son to be strong. I cannot stand that. People listening, please (laughs) do not, and I repeat, do not tell people to be strong because everybody has their breaking point. Uh, point. We are all human beings, and how strong do you have to be? I mean, my son was very strong. I encourage my son to cry. I am proud that my son is compassionate, that he can go to a a wake and and tell me, Mom, I cried. I said, that's okay, Josh. It's okay. I never told my son to suck it up. I never told my son to be strong. I let him vent to me, and we have talked about the grieving process. And, you know, when there's a rough anniversary day coming up, we talk about it. We acknowledge it. And that's what you need to, I feel that people need to do. I mean, everyone is different, but I just want to encourage people, please don't say that to people. I mean, let me tell you what. To be a caregiver, number one, that's a strength, okay? Watching your, son, your loved one transition is very difficult. It's, it's the hardest thing you'll ever have to do. Yep. And, 
you know, don't tell someone to be strong. Tears are not a sign of weakness. Right. They're, they're a sign of strength. It's a sign of strength. It's not weak. Okay, I grew up in the time. I'm 62. Okay, so my dad was from the World War II era. You don't cry. You got to suck it up. You got to be tough. N- not anymore. That thinking is, has changed. And if more boys were raised to be compassionate, to show compassion, it's okay to cry, there'll be, I think the suicide rate would be down with teenagers and, um, and, you know, men that are police officers or veterans because it should not be a shame uh, to go for help or to shed a tear. Mm-hmm. And I just think, you know, if, if whatever your faith is, let that give you strength. And it's, it's a process. It, grieving is a process, and it's different for, for everybody. And nobody sure. should be judged at, at all, and especially children. And I can't even imagine being 12 years old and just all of a sudden, you know, losing a parent. And then, you know, you lost your, your mom. You were young. You were in, you were in high school. Yes. Yeah. I mean, th- that, that's young. That's a lot to deal with. So I don't think anyone should judge anybody. And you know what? If people don't know what to say, I feel this way, Kanisha. If people don't know what to say to someone, I could tell you what not to say. Don't say, mm-hmm. oh, I know how you feel when you don't. Don't say be strong. Try saying, you know what? I love you. Cry on my shoulder. I'm here for you to hug right. you, I yes. have an ear, you know, do, do that. Do that, people that are listening, because you don't know what it's like unless you've experienced it. And okay. then, again, everyone is, you know, is, is different. Um, I appreciate you coming on, Kanisha. Is there anything else you would like to share with the audience and if you could tell us how to purchase your books, where we can find them to buy. Sure, sure. Um, Yeah, I mean, I will leave you with this. You know, definitely take your time. It is a process. You know, not everyone's process is the same. You know, I feel that my journey was a little bit longer simply because I was much younger. And so I had uh, really no way of really understanding how all of this was supposed to occur. Um, so, I, you know, my, my journey was 10 years, give or take. Um, but, you know, that doesn't, say, that doesn't necessarily mean that yours is going to be 10 years as well. But what I can say is that you definitely have to take your time with it. Don't rush yourself with trying to reenter into life. Um, I know that's something that I did, and it extremely backfired on me. Um, I had one month to process my mom's death before going back to school, and it didn't work out well. And so I would just encourage you to, you know, find find what works best for you. If that is um, these affirmations and coloring books, if that's going to therapy, if that's um, getting a change of scenery, you know, that's one thing that I did. I, I enjoyed, um, you know, getting out and walking and then, you know, at that time traveling. You know, obviously we can't travel now. <laughs> 
but um, traveling to get a complete change of scenery is just some things that help with changing your perspective and giving yourself a better outlook on what life can be like. So, um, yeah, you could definitely follow me on social media. Um, I give a lot of information and inspiration as far as motivation and, that, and how to get through the grief journey, sharing my testimony. So you can follow me on Instagram at Kenesha Nichelle. That's N as in Nancy Nichelle, N-I-C-H-E-L-L-E. Um, and then my books can be found on my website, which is KenishaNichelle.com. And then also, um, if you're looking to start your healing journey now, I do have a free resource, which is the I Will Live Again bundle. That includes affirmations, some journaling prompts, and some um, self-care tips. So if you're interested in getting started now, then you can visit IWillLiveAgain.com and download that for free. That's great. And where can we buy your books? Books, yeah, you can go to my website, which is KenishaNichelle.com. Yep. Oh, that is great. Thank you so much, Kenisha, for coming on and sharing your story, which is very uh, heart-touching. I just love talking to you, and I think you're very inspirational. And I thank want you. to thank the, you're welcome, our listeners for listening. If you missed any of this podcast, I suggest you subscribe to my shows. They're for free on Spreaker, Spotify, CastBox, Google, iHeart, to name just a few. And that way you won't miss any of my shows. And be kind. And especially nowadays, get at this, uh, these books, one or the other, and learn to start doing affirmations and to be grateful. Trust me, there is always something to be grateful for. And I can say that because I lost my husband in January. So I am very grateful that my husband went before this pandemic. That might sound awful to say, but it's the truth. And I am glad that I was there for him. And I'm glad that his journey made me a better person. And sometimes I think, Kanisha, you would agree, a tragedy, out of tragedy comes something beautiful. And you become, right, you become a better person. Sometimes you become the person you were meant to be. And instead of thinking, why is this happening to me? Ask yourself, this is, or tell yourself, this is happening for me. What can I learn from this experience to help other people? And when you help others, you're helping yourself. So remember that. Reach Reach out to other people. And I want to thank Lillian Caldwell, CEO of Petrol Talk Radio, for this radio station and giving people an opportunity to speak. Just love up on someone. You know, I might sound like a hippie, but I'm not. I was a little too young. <laughs> but we need to show the love, okay? We need to show the love to our fellow human beings. So until we... Chat again. This is Betsy Wurzel, host of Chatting with Betsy and Pastor Wolf Talk Radio. Chat with you later. Bye-bye.